The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It is the APC podcast. From AcmePackingCompany.com, part of SB Nation and Vox Media, the season has begun. Well, not 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 formally, but the preseason is over, and we are getting ready for Packers Bears, and we could not be more excited. We are mere days, hours, even perhaps, by the time some of you are listening to us away from Packers Bears, the first game of the 2019 season, I believe, the 199th meeting of those two teams um sorry if i got that number wrong i'm pretty sure that 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 is that is accurate i am zach rapport dialing it in from albuquerque new mexico at zach rapport on twitter if you want to be my 1000th follower i'm at 999 followers after like 12 years on twitter no small feat i am joined by none other than my trusty cohort out in detroit michigan ben foldy how are you man i'm doing all right Feels like it's been roughly twenty four hours. Yeah, that's uh, that is factually correct. Follow Ben Foldy at Ben Foldy uh, on Twitter for some Packers stuff during the season and a variety of of other takes of other natures ahead on the show on the docket. Um, we are of t- course going to talk Packers Bears, give some takes, see how we feel about that game heading into Week One, and uh, we will have a visit. From our official podcast diviner, Jamie Ross, who is going to pull some cards and help us try to predict the 2019 season. I know a lot of listeners have been asking for our annual tarot card episode, so we are excited to make that happen on on short notice and and appreciative that uh, Jamie could join us. He'll join us uh, in just a few seconds, but first, a a quick note nug before we get there. After, Ben, uh, you and I published our roster cutdown weekend mini pod 24 hours ago as you uh so rightly pointed out one of your lingering fears was addressed uh, by the team you were concerned about the depth at inside linebacker with the injuries and inexperience there and well it turns out that the packers were as well um concerned about that depth so they trade for linebacker bj goodson from the new york giants uh, details of the trade are, I believe, undisclosed still so far, but Goodson was a cut candidate in New York. They got wind that a number of teams actually were interested in him 
And so Gutekunst makes the call, and the Giants get value where they, they weren't going to get any before, similar to the Packers trading Justin McCray a few days ago. Goodson is a uh, fourth-year guy, an off-ball linebacker, and he was a starter in New York for each of the last two seasons. So, Ben, does this quell your, your depth concerns at all at inside linebacker? I think somewhat. I, I feel better about this than I did about Antonio Morrison, but I think it's a similar kind of pretty low-risk pretty limited upside too like it's 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 a you know replacement value kind of inside linebacker body to stick in the middle that can play against the run and you know I think there'll be enough scheme variation that we'll probably see safeties in the slot you know you can play three safeties you know on on tight end heavy sets or anything like that so you know his coverage liabilities will probably be able to be masked pretty well and it's it's better than not making this move but it's also not gonna I don't think it's gonna like move the needle that much yeah i agree but a guy like ty summers a rookie seventh round pick with oren burks going down ty summers was suddenly set to possibly play a lot of meaningful snaps and so now hopefully i think this sort of spells it a little bit i think that they're gonna do a little little 1a 1b there but uh, as as they get him up to speed but certainly i think this was this was needed help yeah that's all we got for note nugs nothing else has really changed with the roster so without further ado, I think we should, we should uh, tee up our official podcast, Diviner, and see what the cards tell us about the 2019 season. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Now to kick off the season with my favorite, personal favorite episode of every year. Maybe the best idea I've ever had. A tarot reading with T and Tarot's Jamie Ross, uh, an old friend. He's coming to us live from the Bay of Fundy, where he's on a residency. Have you learned anything new about football since the last time we talked? <laughs> I'm really glad you actually mentioned um, the sport in particular, because I'm so not a sports guy that I didn't even quite remember which sport the Packers played great this is I this is ideal but I mean I know I know that every season I I you know I should have listened to last year's episode before we did this but I feel like every season your readings are more right than not 
I feel like is the general, like, I think that's one of the reasons that we've, we've had people asking us when we're going to do this show and people, you know, it, it's, it's a pretty accurate prediction as so far. I, I don't think it's been off like any year we've done it. I would say that, that your batting average with us is, is fairly high, especially considering, as you just mentioned, that you don't really follow really any professional sports, but Ben, to your earlier mention of last year's prediction, Last year, I think our interpretation of, of the reading led us to believe a few things. One, that we would see a young player stand out big time. And I think that with Jair Alexander, I think that was correct. Or Kenny Clark. Or Kenny Clark, yes. Also, there would be a traumatic shakeup later in the year. And indeed, the team did struggle. And the longtime head coach was fired uh, before the end of the season, uh, which is a big deal. He'd been, was it 13 years he was coaching the team? So it was a big deal. Uh, we we also interpreted that that shakeup would ultimately lead to positive things in the long run, and that does bring us to today because now we we have a new coach, a new scheme, a new culture, and uh, this really sort of begins the next chapter. So I think our listeners are really anxious to see see what the cards may hold. All right. So Jamie, do you do you have any words before you want to jump into this? I do. Um, I'd like to say that it's actually like I've been really looking forward to this, and I had forgotten to. Uh... I, when you got a hold of me, it was a it was a good reminder because I had sort of forgotten the last couple of weeks. But I uh, I think this is our third. Is it the third time I've been reading for your show? Third or fourth, honestly, it might be the fourth. I think it's the fourth, which is longer than I've done almost anything in my life. I just want to point that out. <laughs> well, I'm really excited because I um I so I'm a professional reader just to sort of give your audience a, a background, but I'm also a radio maker. I have a show of my own. Uh, I have a monthly show um, on community radio in Montreal called Audio Smut. And so it's interesting to, to, to merge the two, to bring the two together. My divining practice in Montreal is um, it's very one-on-one and client-based. So people come and they have their readings sort of like being, seeing a therapist. It's a lot like seeing a therapist. And it's really fun to read for something that has potentially more collective stakes or maybe just different stakes. It's really fun. I, you know, and I will plug CKUT any day of the week. Love, love CKUT. Tune in. Uh, I'm sure you can stream it. Uh, you could stream it back when I was at the station. So I'm sure you can stream it. Is it 91.3? Yep. 90.3. 90.3 FM. If you happen to be in the Montreal area or even it's got a pretty strong transmitter, actually, like you can get it through most of of southern Quebec and probably even around the St. Lawrence in the U.S. Yeah, it's Montreal sort of politically radical radio and lots of uh, lots of really good music, underground music. Um, big focus in the last couple of years has been developing indigenous language programming. That's great. Yeah. The first uh, Inuktitut language um, show in Montreal. I could go on, but I, my show is the sex show. The sex, the eros, and desire show. In the off chance that one person listening uh, is familiar with this, I, we can we can tribute this episode to Alan Euster, who I'm not sure if you know, but Alan just died uh, a week or two ago and was a board member at CKUT with me. And so talking about CKUT makes me, makes me think of him. And uh, if anybody in the Montreal punk rock Anglo scene is listening, know that that this this episode is is a tribute to Alan Euster. My condolences. That it's I mean, my condolences to you that you didn't know him. <laughs> Shall we jump in? Let's do it. So, I think um, as you guys as you guys know at this point, um, I like to have a little bit of um, a little bit of background before I go into a reading, um, which helps me develop the spread. 
A spread is what we call um, the layout of the cards. Mm-hmm. So since I'm really not a sports person, although I do have some, an idea of uh, some of the things you're interested in, are there any threads of inquiry into this year's performance that you guys are particularly interested that I can tailor to? I mean, I guess to fill you in a little, so as Zach mentioned, you know, there was a rather traumatic uh, break late in last season. And, you know, in this offseason, it's a pretty much an entirely new coaching staff. And so, I mean, even, even you know, we kept the defensive coordinator, but a lot of his position staff is new. So it's it's kind of a clean slate, and we don't have a whole lot of an idea of what this team will look like because even in the preseason, they didn't, they didn't show a lot of, of the playbook or the starters for that matter. So it's, it's kind of a brave new world. I guess if I wanted to uh, drum up controversy and, and go the clickbait route, I would say that a line of inquiry could be the relationship between the head coach and the quarterback. Not that that's okay. something that I am particularly interested in, but people in general, I think, are particularly interested in that. Yeah, I, don't under- I really don't understand that. I don't that, either. That fascination or why anybody would think that it's any any different than it normally is but i guess it is aaron Rodgers is his first time working with a, a new coach since he was a rookie so maybe maybe there is something there okay great so um something i've never done before is offer you guys a little bit of um audio of the shuffling would you be interested in hearing the cards as they're shuffled and then drawn love it hells yeah radio is rubbing off on you this is our asmr moment exactly exactly <laughs> Okay, so I think also it may be interesting to, to uh, tell your audience that sort of on the on the scale of um, completely woo-woo to completely, um, I guess, sort of a rational approach to tarot, sort of a psychological, maybe a Jungian even approach to tarot, I like mm-hmm. to sit in sort of the middle. So some, some readers will go very ceremonial and very um, ornate in terms of what they do as they draw the cards. But for me, it's something more of a, of a, of a centering, a moment to just uh, just calm my, myself, um, to invite the person sitting next to me to calm themselves too. Um, but there's no, uh, no great airs of, uh, of esotericism for, the, for me. So that's sort of one of the things for me. But one thing I do do every time as I shuffle is I uncross my legs. I uncross my arms. And for me, that's just sort of a signal to my subconscious brain that I'm preparing myself for something which is of a heightened import. I'm not just sitting in a drive-through or picking my nose. This is something that will spread to the whole rest of the year. If you can pick your nose with your arms crossed, I, I got to hand it to you. <laughs> I salute you. And what I like to do often as I draw the cards, too, before I, before I stop shuffling is I like to check in with each of my senses. This is where I sort of depart into the Wu territory. Mm -hmm. And so I, in turn, ask myself, what is it that I can hear? What can I see? Are there smells where I am? Can I taste anything? And then I take a deep breath in, a deep breath out, and I cut the cards in three, in a pile of three. 
Now, since you are the querents, you two are the querents asking the question. I'd like to invite you both together, maybe at the same time. So let me know when the shuffling is complete. So, okay. So you'll have to also use your intuition amongst yourselves. But whenever you feel like the, the cards are ready to uh, to give us the divinatory advice, speak up and I'll no. start. Go, Go for it. All right. <laughs> okay. The anticipation is killing me. Yeah. Rogers gets hurt. I'm just gonna walk into a lake. I think. <laughs> you have? I don't think you have many lakes down there. Uh, there's there's one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you guys, are you ready? Indeed. Born ready. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny that you mentioned the clickbait emphasis, the analysis based on personality, maybe things that are kind of apart from the game, away from the game. We're all about that this year. All about the drama? Yeah, all about the interpersonals, all about personality, character, relationships. It's all about character study. It might even be about looks and appearances. It's all about the, the person, not the game. That's frustrating news. I know I'm not really a sports person, but even as a non-sports person, these aren't necessarily cards we want to see. Hmm. So just like the playing card deck, the tarot deck, I mean, of which it is, um, it is the sort of the, the great granddaddy. The tarot deck is there are three structures, three uh, big groups in the cards. There's the one to ten, uh, or ace to ten, like we still have in playing cards. Um, there's the court with the kings and queens, and we still have that in playing cards, obviously. And the section which was um, sort of removed as tarot became playing cards that we know today were the major arcana, the big ones, the death card, the pope, the high priestess. Um, those cards, we still have one. We have the joker. The joker mm -hmm. is, is the fool card, the, the, the last remnant of, of the medieval Italian cards that are known as the tarocchi or the tarot. So all that is to say, um, the beginning of the reading is full of these cards, which are the court. And the court for us, uh, four times four with each suit, uh, are 16 personality archetypes. And when you see an overabundance of these personality archetypes, the, that's, that's exactly what people are really chewing on. These, the, the facts of, of character and the facts of how someone is, um, is interpreted by the outside world based on their actions, um, but especially their, what they say, how they say it, the superficial. So that's kind of weird to look at how a, a season will go. I have a, a couple more, like, more specific things to get into, but that's the first piece of news that okay. people are really going to be focusing on, especially also the way people come off visually. I don't know if, how that could be interpreted more specifically. Well, there's a lot of body language policing that goes on with, uh, with our, our quarterback who, who sometimes uh, during games uh, can be seen to the spectator to be uh, – whatever like disengaged in moments or kind of a grump oh. i don't know you know these are things that uh, that I, th I think ben and i don't put a lot of stock into but certainly i think a lot of people do in terms of sort of the the the, the poise and what some people would call the visual cues of, of leadership that the royal we wants to see on the field from our our general from our quarterback again i don't think that's something that we particularly care about but on mass it's something that is talked about 
Right, right, right. I think there's something interesting too about like about how sort of the unpredictableness of some people's personality, the unpredictability of some people's personality, especially outbursts. That that could be really something people focus on. Does the quarterback have a particular temper that has ever come out, um, at least come out in a public way? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah, this is definitely like, this is definitely something that like, like that particular thing is going to be like, focused on or sensationalized i think especially yeah the, the temper thing is really is really critical here in the middle like it's kind of frustrating to have like the the first the first divinatory indications for the entire season hinge on someone's temper like that seems just completely absurd but that's what's been dealt i actually don't think that that is that is absurd because the the last coach who was fired, I think much was made about uh, uh, sort of the perception of what the relationship was between this player and, and that coach. Uh, it had gone south, most people uh, believed, and there were moments of there were moments of strife and moments of, mm. of temper. So bringing in this new coach, a lot of the narrative already in this offseason, and I'm sure it's going to go on all year long is uh, surrounding questions of oh, how are these two people going to get along and whether or not that's actually relevant to, to what's going on in the field again um, is you know something that I think Ben and Alex and I are skeptical of but it, it, it doesn't seem absurd to me <laughs> um, moving on though there's a really there's an intense um, there's an intense indication uh, around a particular type of injury which is the injury of well, of the spine. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, no. Also of overwork. Things that are um, like like oppressive amounts of, of either training or exertion that cause a wear on the body, which sucks. It sucks to see. Are those the same card? No, no. Each of these, uh, each of these uh, interpretations is based on a, a triplet of cards. So Got one it. of the things I really like with, with tarot and sort of what brings tarot to like a... 201 or 301 level is that you're not just basing each uh, interpretation on a single card. Um, we're using like the position in which they fall, um, the position in the entire reading, and then their immediate neighbors. So each of these three kind of amongst the three, what would coalesce is what, uh, yeah, what gets interpreted. So in this case, um, there's a lot of heat, there's a lot of fire, and the indication is that that goes to the back. So unfortunately, there might be an injury. I really hope that there isn't. I mean, the game is also an injurious sport, so. <laughs> yes, there will definitely be injuries, but hopefully I, I could go the rest of my life without ever seeing another football player carted off on a backboard. Yeah. Like spinal injuries are just like not, there's never a point that brings me closer to not ever wanting to watch football again than when those happen. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because like the person who would be getting the injuries not involved in this conversation, right? So like oftentimes um, if there's something, and I'm also not a doctor and I like, you know, I don't diagnose people's physical health issues, but if someone is like, if these, some of these cards would come up and it was a person sitting next to me, I, I would say really be careful how you're, how you're training or like, is yeah. there any way in which like you're, you're straining and you're bringing too much heat. You're not cooling down. You're just, you're, you're, you're burning yourself um, out. Um, and then also what, in what ways are you, are you protecting your, your spine, your spinal cord and your neck? Um, but since, since the people involved in 
in this conversation are not are not the ones that this refers to. It's kind of a strange position because as fans, you can't like you know advocate for more careful stretching or like more more off days. I mean, we can. We can yell that. I've yelled yeah. that before at the TV. Like, why aren't you doing yoga? <laughs> well, actually, but that's the question I was going to pose to you guys: is like, what what do you what do you do as fans, as pretty invested fans too? At that, when you see people, when you see trainers or owners or people pushing those players too hard, you see that burnout happening. I mean, the fans are usually the people pushing too hard. I mean, coaches also push too hard, but fans are are not, like, you know, you would have no way of knowing this, but one of the sport's biggest stars retired a couple of weeks ago. It was a big shock due to just being tired of recovering from injuries. But all the fan, a, a lot, a large portion of fans were like, "Oh, you were gonna make so much money, blah blah blah." Like, I'd give my left dick to be, you know, in your shoes, and <laughs> and you know. Everybody, it was just the stupidest discourse in football in a long time. And I'm sure there'll be something stupider tomorrow, but because it's football. But yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think the fans often have an unreasonable expectation about injuries too. I wonder if, in the case of the Packers, I mean, Brett Favre kind of left such a weird legacy around injuries and being unbreakable that I feel sometimes Rodgers is held to a standard that. It's pretty unrealistic, especially considering he played through the last season on a broken knee. So I don't, I mean, what do, what do we as fans do with injuries? I mean, I'm always, almost always on the, like, take a guy out of the game, like preserve his long-term health uh, over, over the alternative. But I can't, I don't know. I, again, it doesn't really matter what I think as a fan ever. Yeah. And it's hard too, because the players themselves are programmed to um, try to, push through pain and get back on the field if they can. Yeah, absolutely. If that's their job, right? If that's what they've been training their whole lives to do. It's, it is a, a really high cost you're, you're, you're paying in order to, um, yeah, to commit to that sport and to that lifestyle as a worker. And so, I, I mean, hats off to people who do it. It's really, it's, it's quite a sacrifice. Did you hear that, Packers Nation? Keep it civil. Keep it, keep it chill with the aggressive, dumb injury stuff. <laughs> I think there's something interesting, too, about... Um, and this, this question comes up in a strange way in the cards. The cards are asking it through the Queen of Wands, uh, who's a really powerful woman. And one of, one of her big, enthusiastic sort of ways of expressing her, her femininity causes me to, to, to wonder, to ask what the role of of powerful, enthusiastic women is in this, in this sport. Are there people either in the management or ownership or training that are particularly outspoken women? For the Packers? I would say not that I know of, which isn't to say that there aren't women in the organization, but I honestly can't name a single one. You know, it's funny you brought that up, and I, I thought of Mina Kimes, but I don't honestly have any idea. Um, I mean, there are, there have been women in the sport in powerful positions, but you know, I mean, without getting too much into it, I mean, there's, there's less black coaches than there used to be even just a few years ago. It's been a pretty, uh, homogenous power structure that is not changing anytime soon. And is, if anything, it seems to be getting worse, not better. Well, there's an interesting, there's an interesting sort of uh, apparition or figure. So I would definitely watch 
Danica Patrick. <laughs> is she related to the team? She's Aaron Rodgers' girlfriend, and she gets a lot of. Well, she doesn't. She didn't get flack so much as uh, his his prior romantic attachment got a lot of guff from fans when he didn't do well. But she is a, a former a former race car driver and a well known and powerful woman in her own right. So maybe that's something. Yeah, that's true. I this I, I just occurred to me that this actually could be related to the show itself. Uh oh. <laughs> maybe in terms of in, okay, so the, the 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 particular archetype is not necessarily just uh, a like a, a female person, a woman. It could also be ways in which femininity, especially like. It's it could be motherly, but it's also it's also really sort of like a a peer enthusiasm, a peer's enthusiasm, but for, but from a woman. Some finding a way to incorporate that sort of um, novel voice into the conversation would be really would really behoove you. I think especially, yeah. I mean, this is usually someone who's incredibly like blisteringly intelligent as well. Maybe it is Mina Kimes. <laughs> I would describe her as blisteringly intelligent. Yeah, I mean, she's, she's other than you, Jamie, she's my favorite guest that we ever get to have. Oh, cool. Maybe it's time to call her up. So we have a really good card um, in the next position that I wanted to talk about, um, which has to do sort of more with attainment. How have there been trades so far? Like, is the trading season, has it happened? Like, do you know the team, who the team will be? Yeah, so this weekend actually the 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 team all teams really are solidifying their final lineups as we head into the season which starts uh for the Packers on Thursday and uh, there was a trade a last minute trade today uh for kind of a role player on the team it certainly wasn't a blockbuster uh move or anything cuz it it looks like these this this um this year could be strong and this year could also complete things that have ha- that have been that have been happening, um, cr- complete trajectories of 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 growth and building, um, and vision that that have already been um, put into place in previous seasons, but not in an outstandingly long term kind of way. The idea that this is a this is a season in which, um, in which the the team can play really well, but it's not necessarily creating legacy. And I don't really know, I don't really know what sort of arcs necessarily like teams will build over the course of decades. I don't know if that's something that really happens because of how the team's composition is always changing. But what the what the omens are really talking about is this idea that there's things that are really attainable, very concrete, but the the terms and the um, and the, the 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 length of that trajectory is not as long as as one would hope in terms of these omens. Hmm. So it could be that it could be that um, however the, the the season is broken up, um, there's a, a complete cycle of success in one of those terms, um, or it could be that the year itself is um, is completed with a, a lot of strength and success, but but there's something that sort of snoozes at the end of it or something. It could be. I, w- I would say, if I was putting down my money towards a team, that this would be a year to put the money down on the team. Hmm. But somehow not to invest in it. I don't know if that makes any sense. No, I mean, I can see ways of that. I mean, could it be that something like the team looks good this year, 
builds a lot of optimism moving forward. But then, you know, it looks like, you know, it's a new era. And then it turns out that, no, it's not a new era. And it was just kind of a flash in the pan for whatever reason. Yeah, that, that fits it. That fits the omens for sure. That definitely fits the omens. Um, I think there's a certain amount of also, yeah, of holding out. Almost like if this was if this was for someone who was a who was a player that was present with me now, I would say definitely hold out before before no. I guess before you have more information about how the engagement will, will play out. It's positive, but it's not. It sort of it, it sort of misses a, a long term enthusiasm. So I would say there's a lot of success but that success doesn't carry over. One thing that comes to mind is the, um, is the defense uh, under Mike Patton. So we're now in year two of Mike Patton as the defensive coordinator. And so we are building, we have been building in the short term towards this better product on defense after years and years of, of this area of play being being the source of all of our woes. And uh, it was a big improvement last year uh, with this guy coming in and, and sort of shaking up the, the scheme and the culture. And so now we're heading into year two. He's got some new, some new coaches under him as well as some new players who have been acquired um, in, in the offseason. And so I, I think that most people are expecting the defense to take sort of a big jump. But... Um, there were some players who who were acquired through free agency, sort of big ch- contracts going out to players to bring them uh, established players elsewhere to bring them into into the fold. Um, guys like Zadaria Smith and Preston Smith, among a few others, and um, so maybe maybe sort of the short term nature is is coming into play there. With uh, if I'm interpreting that. Maybe it means like they're they won't be on the team for very long, or um, you know they're they're there to bolster the team and and they will have success, but that success will be short term. I guess that's maybe a little I bit mean, of a reach, but that's something. One that thing comes that comes mind. up for me is when you mentioned hold out, I was like, who could potentially kind of hold out? Who who is young and looking forward and looking to build a legacy and. Um, I you know I was wondering this is probably a year where the Packers are looking to to sign Kenny Clark to an extension, and uh, he may well not uh, not sign, <laughs> and uh, you know he has another year of control team control next season, but um, you know you know the the early rookie contract holdout is getting more and more common. And so, um, you know, I don't, I don't think there's any danger of that this season, but it could be a really, really good season for Clark and then Clark could still, um, hold out or use that to, to, you know, try to, to drive negotiations and before next season, I mean, that's looking pretty far down the line. But if, if you, if you said that something was like building a legacy, um, you know, but you want you would caution somebody to kind of hold off or see see where things are going to go. Um, I guess Kenny Clark would be my guess as like an individual player, kind of in that situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I, what's a typical number of years that a player will play on a team? Like, is there any sort of typical arc for that? Uh, it depends on the type of player and like the level of uh, 
I would say that football, more than most sports, has a pretty disposable approach to people. Um, and the Packers are even more kind of aggressive about that disposability than some other teams. Um, but, you know, it really depends on the position, too. I mean, Rodgers has been with the team since 2005, I want to say. Um, but the team's kind of built around him. And then, you know, I, I think I, I, I have the sense that the team would also like to build around Kenny Clark. But, um, you know, we'll see if that's actually possible. So I think we're going to see something really exciting from someone who's been on the team for their second year. Um, this is something to look for, um, particularly. So someone, the, uh, a player's second year. Um, so if there's any particular um, attention that can be paid to those to those players that were not that didn't just join the team but um, did last year that's that's important second year leap that's exciting Jair Alexander is a guy that comes to mind for me what about you Ben? I was gonna say Mar- Mar- Marquez Valdez Scantling yeah you love those receivers man I do but I mean I, yeah I think I'm both I mean obviously Jair you know set the bar pretty high in his first season I just Josh Jackson and Tony Brown are also uh potential candidates Ooh, for Tony this. Tony Brown, a dark horse. I like that. Or, or or in Burks, even. I could see that. I'm all about second-year leaps. Like, bring them on. Come on. <laughs> so I think what we're looking at is is um, is the creation of what will one day or what has who, who has the potential one day to become a real breakout star. Um, the cards here speak of both strength and also um, a long-term ability to complete their potential. Um, so this won't be the year necessarily that it happens, but you'll be able to start seeing that. So someone will be making some extremely, um, exciting developments. Man, you, you know how to, to keep us on the hook. Like, like I was all like, oh, it's going to be a bummer season of drama and spinal injuries. And now I'm like, oh man, one of the, one of the second year guys is going to take a big leap. Like I'm super into it. Yeah. 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 I mean, I gotta say like that idea of like it being good omens, but not the best is real like it's not a bad it's not a bad year um at all it's just that the um yeah it's just not like necessarily the kind of thing where like they're gonna win everything yeah i think that's a reasonable it's, it's, it's a pretty reasonable prognosis for the <laughs> packers upcoming season yeah. honestly um but i have one more section left and this is the section that i most prefer in my readings for your podcast which is the section that refers to you Okay. okay. <laughs> um, if you're into it, I, I remember last time it was quite surprisingly accurate. There's three of you, right? Yep. Yes. So you have all of the romantic omens come down. Like, it's literally, it could be better right now, um, especially on like the, the like erotic front. Like, this is really just like, how do, in my head, I'm like, I'm laughing because I'm like, how do I bring this back to the Packers podcast? Um, but this, these omens are like, just like really like, they underscore the fact that this is a time in, in your friendship and your lives that you can really enjoy yourselves physically before, you know, like before middle age, this is a time when like, oftentimes people talk about like feelings of like, you know, returning to teenage, um, I don't know what people are talking about, but like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, when like people are like, have like a mid thirties, like sexual, like renaissance. A reawakening. Yeah, exactly. I'm blushing. 
<laughs> the other the other caveat though with this um with these three cards is also there's a timing issue so that like while there's indications of like total fertility and like you know sexual reawakening there's also the issue of making sure making sure things are in the right timing uh, making sure things are planned if you're if you're hetero uh, making sure you you're planning things that could come from a sexual awakening, you know? But the other thing is, like, the like the idea of these, these like, this erotic wellness um, can also be translated into the platonic realm, of course. So if someone's single, um, or if you're talking about a, a platonic group, like we are with you three, um, that sort of fertility and well-being and sort of, like, that buoyed-up nature of, of uh, interrelation is also applicable to you. Yeah. So, so make sure that timing is that piece is is there means that you're you're actually engaging um, physically and personally um, whenever possible. Um, so, you guys, are you all three in different cities now? Yep, we are now. So maybe it's we we really got to commit to the video chat. Yeah, that's that. I think the crux of it. Um, when people are are not present, when their absence is physical, um, that's when these cards are sort of go unused um so i would say also like do you guys ever go see a packers game together uh we've talked about it but we haven't it could happen well it would i think it would really behoove behoove you to do it this year um these cards the the timing piece particularly around around this idea of of togetherness and and contact I think would really mean the idea that it may take some real scheduling, um, but it really would it would be um, important and special. I think I think like this. So this is sort of me wistful as I look out at the sea. But um, there's something interesting I think about um, with these cards valuing those relationships that um, that you've you've cultivated over time, and that's part of this idea of of that relationship wellness. And if that's if that's peaking as these cards um, suggest, or if that's like coming to a point of really being able to like look around at this podcast you've created and think, shit, we made something really beautiful, and these friendships that you've you've tended to and and uh, and and built up and sustained over the years, that these these cards are really causing. I mean, in the whole reading, they're really calling me to say um, this is something special this year, especially, and to make sure that even though in your absence. Um, there is contact and there is um, that sort of togetherness and feeling of of, uh, of being uh, with one another. Wow. Ben, are you ready to take our platonic friendship to the next level? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm down to go to a game too. I, don't, I have no idea how much, you know, if the Lions are really bad. I mean, I imagine the Packers are still like an expensive ticket for them. But, uh, you know, I don't know. It could be... Uh, doable if you guys want to come to detroit yeah let's talk about it i think you should i think i think this is the year also that this is sort of like and just like how how therapists sometimes give homework to their clients um the first piece of take home for you guys is to let yourselves speak to that platonic love that you have developed in this podcast both to your audience and amongst the three of you and that sort of that sort of love omen is super strong in this reading. I'm into that. Just three guys who love each other talking about the Packers. I'm into it. <laughs> Fuck that's, yeah. That's <laughs> real. 
because that's the first take home. This is the year in which like that love is made manifest. Um, but it's also like made manifest in your personal lives. So uh, yeah, be really careful with that. Or if anyone's trying to get uh, to get pregnant, then um, congratulations. But that would definitely be like something in the cards this year. Make oh, sure it's man, planned. Oh, man. Yeah. No, we just got a dog. That's plenty. <laughs> <laughs> For the team itself, um, unfortunately, there's a lot of uh, emphasis on um, personality and drama and especially outbreaks and, you know, acting bad. So, I don't know, that might be a big distraction this year. Um, second year players, um, people seeing their potential um, realized, but in terms of the grand narrative of the, um, of the team, a good year, but not an excellent year. And then the last, the last piece of take home, last pretty crucial piece of take home is the, that, uh, that one around overwork, uh, burnout, and then potentially uh, spinal injuries. Jamie, you, you always knock this out of the park. And and honestly, I can I can safely say that this this is a Packers this is Packers analysis that our listeners would not get anywhere else. And um, you know, I think we we probably have some new listeners, and this might be the first time that they're hearing this. And it's really easy to dismiss. Uh, but I will just you know say it, it, it dismiss it at your own peril. Um, these predictions are have been pretty pretty good for the last couple of years. So well, look, there's a there's a lot um, of talking heads that get paid a lot of money to uh, to provide an analysis, and I'm doing air quotes analysis, and 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 give their take before the season starts. And most of those people are wrong. <laughs> so. <laughs> I was definitely a born skeptic about the, about divination, um, and if someone had told me that they could read the future, I would definitely have laughed at them. But over the last, uh, I guess, like fifteen so years since I've been reading, um, <laughs> I've been uh, yeah, I've been um, I, I consider myself a changed man. Nailed it. <laughs> you always nail it. Yeah, it's always a pleasure. Yeah. I hope the uh, the team does great. I hope everyone takes uh, takes care and doesn't uh, doesn't overstrain their bodies in their in their labor. And I uh, like to wish you guys a happy Labor Day. Agreed wholeheartedly. Same to you. Thanks so much. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Huge thank you to Jamie Ross on short notice 
Skyping us from his car to do the annual tarot card reading. Um, some fun stuff coming out of that, some cool stuff, some uh, some worrisome stuff per usual, but we shall see how that all plays out. Ben, how do you feel coming out of that out of that reading? Uh, I'm going to focus on the positive, uh, the heavy erotic energy, and <laughs> I'm a big fan of like second year leaps. I always like to see guys getting better. So uh, those are those are what I, you know, I, I, I hope that the drama stuff is kind of in the background, but honestly, I'll probably treat it as relatively in the background no matter what. Yeah, that's true. That's that's how we operate here. The Packers are set to kick off the regular season in Chicago against the vaunted Chicago Bears. Let's get some quick takes here as the Packers head into the week one showdown. Um, Ben, you shaking in your boots about Mitch Trubisky or, or what's the deal? How do you feel? Uh, I'm not worried about Mitch Trubisky, but I, I do think that the Bears are uh, a reasonable favorite for this game. Mostly, you know, for a lot of things that have nothing to do with, um, you know, either the Packers or the Bears, honestly. Um, you know, I'm just looking at some tweets by Rich Freebar uh, from, I think, last week. He brought up that since the NFL started week one on Thursday nights in 2002, home teams have a 14-2 to overall record and a 10-4 record against the spread. Bears are a three-point favorite. Um, and then when you take into account then that uh, the Bears covered a league-high 70.6% of their games in 2018, Chicago was 6-1 six, six and one against the spread as a home favorite and the only team in the NFL to cover in every division game in 2018. I would say that, you know, the Packers can lose on Thursday and I will not freak out. It's basically what I want. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would, I'd like the Packers to win, but um, the odds are are not in their favor. Yeah. And I think uh, a first game with a new coach, uh, I just want to see more kind of signs of positive growth than I do, uh, you know, a big victory over over an arch rival. But I'll take a big victory over an arch rival. Yeah, no, I'm not I'm not kicking that out of bed. Yeah. But in the in the erotic energy category. But um yeah, I mean if if we're looking for um you know an optimistic take, I would say that no one has seen what a a head coach Matt LaFleur offense looks like. Um, they didn't show anything in the preseason, and I saw some some winks and some nods from guys like Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams given their locker room availability the other day um, where they kind of let on how excited they are uh, to finally unleash unleash this offense. I think that they feel pretty confident about, about the scheme and about some tricks that they may or may not have up their sleeves. Um, another point I think to be optimistic about is that I think that the Bears defense, while still, I think that they're going to be awesome. I think that they're a little bit of a, a regression candidate, especially having lost Vic Fangio. Chuck Pagano is a really good D coordinator as well, but I, I see it's it's almost it's almost impossible for their defense to be as good as it was last year. So I, I look. Oh, I don't think anybody should should be chasing that. Yeah, yeah. So I, oh. I look for them to take a step back. They got haha Clinton Dix. <laughs> we can talk. We can talk all day about Bears fans. Uh, haha, Clinton Dix fantasies. I don't know. I just uh, I like I like that I like that guy as a guy. <laughs> yeah, he's a nice dude. Like he I got no like beef. A nice but guy. I would. 
I would not say that he is. Uh, I would say that I'm happier with Adrian Amos and and Darnell Savage than I was with Haha Clinton Dix yeah. going into this season. And I think going going forward, we'll have a lot more analysis. We'll also have expert guests like Ben Fennell, Justice Mosqueda, and others as we get into the season, um, as well as some bloggers from around SB Nation and the general. NFL uh, blogosphere talking about other teams and and being able to give some more robust previews. But as we head into week one here um, with a Packers team that we just don't know that much about, it's 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 really an unknown. So with that, uh, you want to give a prediction? Uh, I think that the Bears. I you know I just read off all those tweets and uh, I think that the Bears will will cover. The Bears will cover. You want to give a score prediction or you don't want to be that bold? I think it's unlikely that the Bears win by a, a field goal because uh, they're the Bears. Um, so I will say, I think there'll probably be some hiccups in the new offense, and I will say 17-10. 17-10 Bears, Ben says. Well, for no other reason other than we need some optimism, and um, and I'm not gambling here. I'm going to take the Packers to win their first game under head coach Matt LaFleur. The final score, 23-21. to 21. Where did I get that number from? Uh, well, honestly, I just kind of made it up. And with that, I think, um, I think that's an ender. I want to thank Jamie Ross again for taking time out of his, uh, his beachfront schedule there uh, to call us from his car, do the tarot card reading. Uh, lots of people look forward to that every year. We're glad we were able to do it on short notice. Once again, the... Pick'em. I want to mention this before we get out of here. The APC podcast listener Pick'em is back. It's it's free to play. The highest uh, placing listener does get a prize to be named later. Uh, so the way to sign up, if you're on Twitter, is to uh, follow us at the APC pod and uh, send us a tweet or, or a DM and we'll get your information. We'll get you set up. Um, and if you're not on Twitter, you can email us the APC podcast at gmail.com, the APC podcast at gmail.com. It's going to be a lot of fun. You can, uh, compete against me and uh, some other guys at APC and show us what morons we are because we usually, usually don't win. So, uh, with that, we're going to take it into the regular season here as the Packers get set to, uh, begin the Matt LaFleur era in in honors in earnest whatever whatever that may mean ben you got any closing thoughts no i'm just excited me too man really 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 bleeping excited thursday night football football is back i'm dancing in my seat not literally but you know all right we're gonna stop this see you guys later go pack go peace